Today, my guest is Kyle McMahon, and Kyle McMahon is from a little thing called Tractor Zoom, which I don't think too many people have, uh, have heard about yet, but it's a great service, and you will hear about it because it's going to be uh, it's one of those things I think it's going to make a big splash in the, in the equipment industry and what they're going to bring to the table. So, Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Casey. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. Pleasure. So, let's start like this. I start off every time like this. What's, who's Kyle McMahon, and, and how did he get us to this point in his life? Yeah, so... My background, I, I grew up in Southeast Iowa. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than most in the industry, probably. And I went to Iowa State, one of those golf courses. Right Couldn't get out of that fast enough. Right. Learned I hated computers. Right. And uh, sitting behind AutoCAD doing designs and development wasn't uh, my cup of tea. So I got hooked up with a group out of North Central Iowa called the Summit Agriculture Group, Diversified Farming Operation. And I was there for about four years buying and selling farmland. Uh, did a did a little over fifteen thousand acres in transactions on the buying and selling, and was like literally trained on finding deals. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm, I'm sure uh, you know equipment uh, jockeys are a little bit similar way on. You got to go to a ton of auctions and figure out where all the deals are to be had and where you have to go geographically to, to, to find the right deal, the, the right farm. And, and that suddenly turned into, uh, so I didn't grow up on a farm. I wanted to start farming, and I wanted to look for a Kinsey 3600 planter. And, man, I was looking high and low trying to figure out, because I, I got to know everybody in the auction industry. I, I attended, physically attended more than a 1,000 farmland auctions, in less than four years. So that's attending uh-huh. four auctions a week. Yeah. And uh, that's not calling in. I mean, we're valuing around 3,000 farms a year, and there's only two of us, two guys doing it. Right. So uh, got to learn a lot through that market. And when I wanted to start farming, I needed to find some equipment, obviously. And uh, Dad had a couple acres I could start to test and figure out if it's something I want to do. And, you know, $4 corn isn't the most fun. It really pushes you hard to try to be profitable right uh before you ever want to do this on a bigger scale so anyway it, i was searching high and low for auctions trying to find that exact kinsey 3600 1223 planner and i mean i was subscribing to i think i ended up subscribing to seven different newspapers and bookmarked i think it was something like 25 or 30 different auction sites yeah just check them every week <clears throat> check them every week mm-hmm. it's like man there's got to be an easier way Dealerships have it. Automotive industry has it. Real estate has it. There's just a marketplace. I mean, it's common sense. So I uh, went out and talked to a bunch of different auctioneers and ended up creating what's now called TractorZoom, which is an online advertising marketplace mm-hmm. for farm equipment auctions. Okay. All right. So you've showed me what this looks like, and I was I really liked the way it was going. So I guess explain what it is and explain how it works. Certainly. So... Um, on the tractor zoom side, so I'll explain tractor zoom and then explain kind of the, the sidecar that has spun off of tractor zoom. Tractor zoom is literally an advertising marketplace for farm equipment auctions. Uh, auctioneers partner with us to list their equipment on tractor zoom so it's easily searchable by the farmer. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
while, while we've been doing that in the market for about two years now, uh, we've had bankers and dealers come to us say, hey, you, you're advertising tons of auctions. Are you collecting information about this stuff? And we are. We, we have uh, all the auctions all set flow through, through that. And so we started, we started developing a new product called Iron Comps. Uh, Iron Comps by Tractor Zoom. So all the inventory that flows through Tractor Zoom goes on to a software, a, a subscription-based software platform called Iron Comps, ironcomps.com. And uh, it, it clearly shows where all the auctions have happened, the sale prices of those. And you can, we're trying to develop it so you can really break down, okay. get very narrow on comparable sales. Yeah, you simply look up the make and a model, and it shows you all the comps based on that, and then you start narrowing it in. What, what comps are in my region? What comps are in the last three months? What comps are between 3,000 and 4,000 hours? Um, I, I believe you've had the opportunity to look at it very briefly. What were your first initial reactions? No, I think for me, when I looked at it, man, it was it was a pretty good deal. I mean, I like the way that it had a... It, you, you kind of put all the information into one spot, and and you and I could see what different companies it had, and then also the uh, kind of what what was there. I think you have you have a pretty good groundwork laid. I think, uh, and like you talked about, you're always just improvements and stuff that you're always looking at doing. But uh, I think that there's an opportunity there for this to be kind of a. I mean, yeah, you've got you got companies like uh, like Auction Time and those kind of things that have the same deal, um, but that's that's a single auction service, right? Or that's like uh, going and checking um, other other online auction groups or, or looking at other, uh, um, you know, other auction, like, guys and stuff out there that are doing those things. You can go out and see what they've got. This takes all that information, compiles it into one spot. And, like, for me, for example, I can take a look and see, all right, I'm going to go look and see – at 9770s that sold last week um where did they sell at where, where was the where's the hot point you know um and what auction company sold it for the most yeah and and so right now the iron comps product uh we literally launched it uh the first week second week in november so it's mm-hmm. brand new uh still doing some refinements to it and our initial uh, kind of customer that we've launched that to are ag lenders and mm-hmm. ag banks. Yeah. Uh, so we started getting some traction there. Uh, t- to be to be honest, uh, ag lenders need a little bit less than dealers. <laughs> uh, yeah. they, they, you know, they they just want a third party chattel appraisal. That's pretty much yeah. Uh, yep. Definitely not. Uh, they don't need as much detail and granularity as a dealer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have as much skin in the game. Right. Right. So now we're to the point of. Okay, we're we're starting to get some traction there, and uh, you know, right now you and I are recording this at the uh, Western Equipment Dealers Association yep. in the rainy Phoenix. Yeah, rain in the desert. Yeah, soccer, right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so we're we're constantly learning from dealers, and that's part of the reason we're here is mm-hmm. talk to as many dealers as we can, understand how people want to see new products. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. Let's talk about this. Then. So you 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 monitor, you monitor the auction market. You see what's happening. Um, which what is your? Because like you said, you you were looking for that planner for a while, and, yeah. and those kind of things. So you you're no stranger to looking at, at equipment auctions. So as you see, uh, twenty nineteen kind of closed up here. What's your what's your initial reaction to what you've seen in the auction market so far this year? So a lot of that. Uh, what I know off the top of my head is a lot on the inventory base. Uh, 
Right. Um, and r- really a lot of that comes from what's gone on at TractorZoom and what a lot of the ag lenders are starting to see and now are starting to learn from what dealers are. So we've seen a huge increase in retirements. Oh, yeah. So that guy that's 55 to 60 years old, mm-hmm. tired of breaking even for the last three, four years, you know, he's just going to hang it up now. Right. And, and a big thing going on with the banking world is bankers encouraging farmers to go to and retire, hang it up yeah. versus yeah. to re, uh, re-collateralize themselves for another operating line right. uh, note for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're seeing a big increase in uh, inventory from retirement sales. Naturally, let's bring a lot of good used equipment to the market. Right. It's not just, hey, let's go liquidate a bunch of stuff at a consignment auction. Right. You know, there's increased inventory consignments as well. I think bankers are starting to recommend uh, different farmers, hey, you know, take some used equipment to to auction and generate some cash flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, honestly, I think a lot of that is tillage equipment. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot of tillage equipment <clears throat> guys aren't using anymore, so right. taking it to taking it to auction. So mm-hmm. increased inventory is definitely what we've seen there. Yep. What, now, what are you seeing from a dealer's perspective? Yeah, yeah. Looking I mean, at the auction market. When I look at the auction market now. The auction market typically, typically starts to warm up in August and it gets hotter towards the end of the year and this is one of those years where the the auction cycle that started last year in 2018 um never really cooled off i mean they were having some pretty significant auctions in um during some pretty like just odd times of the year to be having them and there there's just inventory that's come to auctions have just been very very high whether it's the estate stuff like you're talking about the retirement sales those kind of things or even just the consignment sales. If you take a look at the online guys like Auction Time and Big Iron and and uh, those uh, other companies out there like that, the amount of inventory that they're actually selling across those are, are, have increased, as far as I'm concerned, is what I've seen anyway, has increased quite a bit. So two things. One is when I look at the auction market now, I feel like the auction market has a um, closer realization to the retail marketplace than, than what uh, – uh, what we've seen in the past. Uh, if you look at what we can sell a used piece of equipment for today, what you watch when you look at retail prices out there um, on something that's five years old or older, for sure, um, you're getting pretty close. The retail value of those machines are actually very comparable to what you see happen on, on the on the uh, auction block. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that every combine that sells for eighty thousand bucks that should that you sell retail for one hundred twenty five thousand um it does that is that the norm it's not the norm i mean i think we're watching a lot more one hundred twenty five thousand dollar retail combines that are getting advertised like that you watch them sell at an auction for ninety thousand to one hundred fifteen thousand and probably when you after negotiation watch everything happen that that one hundred twenty five thousand dollar combine is probably getting sold actually through out the door close to that 110 to 115 range and it's very comparable what you see happen in the auction market now flip side of that is too when you look at the uh the brand uh, like that one-year-old stuff two-year-old stuff um there's still you still have that premium out there um you're probably a a solid anywhere between 80 and 15 80 thousand dollar difference between what you see in advertised and and what you see uh stuff happen on the auction block my where i'm concerned at with the auction market right now is similar to what we saw happen in 2014, 2015, when that when that retail gap to auction value uh, got so so big. I mean, we're there might be one hundred twenty five thousand dollars between 
what it was getting advertised for and was actually selling for at auction. And that gap is starting to widen again. And that kind of tells me there's going to be, we could be on the verge of a um, really on the verge of a, uh, of a bubble popping, you know, and that's my biggest fear going into 2019. What's that look like? And, and it's going to really be driven between that 2012 to 2014 model stuff. Um, when you say, when you say bubble, mm-hmm. do you mean inventory bubble and values are going to go through the floor? I, I think it's a value bubble that we're going to see. I mean, it, it, but it's going to be on just a select group of equipment, um, which will, which will drag down the other stuff. You know I mean? If you have set up, um, if you really kind of step back and take a look at what's happened, um, when one specific segment of, of, of the market starts to slip on the auction market, everything else around it becomes relative. And then you start seeing that, that correction kind of trickle up the, up the chain or down the chain, depending on what, what that is. The 12, 13, 14 model equipment of all makes and models um, that you see out there right now are going to be the, the catalysts that kind of drive that, that marketplace. And as the dust settles here towards the end of 2012, or 2012, 2018, uh, when, when we look at and see what happens uh, to the auction marketplace, th- that's going to have a huge effect on, on what happens to use equipment valuing in, in 2019, uh, or 2020, sorry. And that's going to have a, a, a kind of a, a, a torch, I guess, when you start looking at how you're going to carry that forward into 2020. I, I just don't see that there's going to be um, – I just feel like values are, are kind of at a at a tipping point now that could go it could stabilize or there could be a, another drop off and I'm I have my reservations about what that looks like going into twenty twenty this year. In 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 my opinion, part of that's tied to trade or, or commodity prices. Oh, absolutely. Right. 1, so it, you know, it doesn't seem like we're getting very far with, with trade and mm-hmm. it's not directly affecting commodities. Right. We've been through massive weather swing this year mm-hmm. and I think cash corn in southeast Iowa right now is you know three fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the summer back in end of June, I believe it was. Yeah. I think we could have sold corn for four thirty, four forty. Yeah, right. So we saw that high. Hopefully, yeah. you took advantage of it and it came back down. And yeah. now it's how much how much you have to spend on that. Yeah, that that massive inventory slug out there between mm-hmm. those years that yep. the times were good. So and the you guys bad. are moving a lot of new equipment. <clears throat> right? yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. The biggest issue with that that equipment is that it's not so much that it's just it's what it is. It's no one traded that stuff in for not anybody, but the the, tr- the normal trade cycle that you would typically see, you know, where that that 2013 or 2012 brand new combine and then it got traded in a year later, and somebody bought it used and they ran it for two years and then they traded it back in and then they somebody else ran that machine for two or three years. You know what I'm saying? So you didn't see that. Well, what we're seeing now is all of the same equipment is just getting to it's all coming to the same spot and everyone's kind of it's everyone decided to to go um trade all these machines in all at the same time and now we've got this huge bubble of of equipment out there that's on either side of it it's just not it's just not a healthy spot for the overall north american market just because there's so much of that it's a supply and demand thing there's the typical supply that you would see for those equipment should be way down on the list um as far as you know where they should be at in that trade cycle. What we're seeing now is there's just a plethora of you know fifteen hundred hour separate hour combines or five, six, seven, eight thousand hour tractors, um, which is fine. 
but they're all being traded at the exact same time. And that's what's causing the problem. And that's where I feel like that's my that's my concern with what the marketplace is, is that there's not enough buyers to go out and buy what they have to offer on that side. But those guys are all wanting to buy that that five year old or newer stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or three year old and newer stuff, whatever it is that 2019, 2018, 2017, maybe some 2016 stuff um, that you see popping in there now. But again, supply and demand thing, low supply, high demand, high supply, no demand. I mean, you know, it's just economics 101. There's going to be something's going to happen over here on this bubble, on this this 12, 13, 14 model stuff that's going to have a a resounding effect on on the marketplace, more than what we've seen right now. So then then play in John Deere announcing what it was maybe in August. That they're going to slow down manufacturing of agricultural equipment by twenty percent. Right. What do you think that will do to the used market in three years from now? Right. So we um, have we have less inventory. Yeah. No, I think what we're going to see is um, that will that will definitely play an effect on just again what what you see out there for supply. So whether it's um, if Deer does decide to do that and, and they announce that and they have they have moved forward with that, I think to some extent um, you're going to see a uh, that use value for that stuff is going to be is going to be a, a premium number, right? Um, will it maybe drive more guys that would that would typically have wanted to trade that machine in their their three or four or five year old machine in and, and get that one or two year old piece of equipment to have them decide to go ahead and just run it back to the shop again and and get it ready for next season and not not look at that trade because the trade difference is going to be too high or it's just really at, the, at some point in time that's just not worth doing because there's not a I mean I might as well just keep the one I've got and just go buy that one because honestly what you're going to give me what I'm getting for trade over here is not worth me putting in over on this the trade difference is still basically the same as it was when I bought that machine new you see what I'm saying so okay. there's going to be it's the capital side of the business that we're starting to see now and like you just talked about the bankers and those kind of things and, and, what, and how they're reacting to what we see going on in the marketplace I really feel like we could see some, just maybe not enough buyers for the used equipment. I've been talking about that for a while. That's something I'm concerned about is is the number of used buyers out there that are um, retiring. You know, um, the number of retirement sales out there. A lot of those guys that are that are retiring now were buying that late model, low hour equipment. Um, and as that that facet of the business starts to change, how do we go now and redirect what we're doing with used equipment? And and how do we look at those one and two and three year old pieces that you know we're already we're already pretty slim uh, as far as inventories go now? Um, what's that look like three years from now if they if there's twenty percent less on top of what we got? And then you have a, a slim supply there, and then you have to start thinking about the customer base that you're dealing with and what's that look like and how many customers do you have um, to go out and buy those things? You know, it's just. Let's put the puzzle together, you know. And it's really no different any other year. I just feel like this year is kind of one of those years where there has just been a lot of extremes, and I think 2020 will be similar to that in, in nature. Based on the bubble. Yeah. Yeah, based on the bubble. But who knows? I mean, it's a presidential election year next year, so um, we'll probably have a deal with China, and that'll fix stuff, and then commodity prices will go up, and... Um, but I don't know they're going to go up that much. It's still a supply thing, you know what I mean? Agriculture is such a supply-driven thing. You know, when um, the number of acres that have been increased across the world since, yeah. since 2012 is, is 
I bet it's, I, mean, I have no idea what the number is, but I, I bet it's tenfold of what it was in 2012. So there's a, uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Nathan Kaufman who, um, I don't know what his exact role is, but he's with the, uh, either the Chicago or the Kansas City Federal Reserve on the banking right. side. He's yep. an economist. And in his opinion, it, what the economy that we're in is 100% supplied uh, driven. That's why the commodities are down. And it'd be really interesting to know how much grain's actually in the bin. Yeah. How much grain was in the bin back in back in August? Right. Were they were, were growers able to sell off during the summer months, mm-hmm. or were they remaining optim, uh, optimistic like farmers yeah. usually are that yeah. that that four dollar corn wasn't going away? Yeah. And now they realize, hey, rain really does make grain, even though we're not having the best growing season. Right. There's still a lot. There's still a lot of grain out there. Yeah. I gotta believe that there's. I'm sure there were some guys that missed it, you know. But I've I've got to believe that when they got to that, when corn was on the board at 450, if I remember right. So you take out basis and everything else. In most places, you're selling 410 to 420 corn, depending on what your basis was at your area. Um, across the scale, I got to believe that a lot of guys took advantage of that, and I know several guys took advantage of for contracting a lot of that grain too. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I got to believe that that there's going to be some money out there, um, and farm farmers love to buy equipment. That's one of their that's one of their favorite hobbies, and it's it's one of those things I look forward to at the end of every year is kind of watching that that flow of equipment come in and flow of equipment go out and what that looks like. And there's there's never a uh, a dull moment at the end of the year, but this year with the way harvest is going, um, I'm not counting where we're at. We're two or three weeks behind schedule, um, getting corn out of the field and. The further north you go, the worse it gets. Yeah, and on um, what's it like in Iowa? I mean, you guys, you, you know, we had a couple of weeks where it was pretty bad. Obviously, we were really late planted. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still planting beans in June, and uh, so moisture levels really high. Mm-hmm. It sounds like in southeast Iowa where we are, harvest has come along pretty well um, to a to an extent. Uh, we have enough LP to dry down some corn. Right, uh, you're our, the lucky ones, huh? I, you know, we are. Uh, I kind of have to be careful and kind of bite my tongue on that. Right. But uh, it, we're also biting our tongue. I'm trying to figure out what to do with 26% moisture corn. Right. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, you know, I've got some friends up in northeast Iowa, and it's it's a, it's an epidemic up there. Uh, so they're just sitting on the sidelines, even though it's fit to run. They don't, they can't dry it. They can't put it in the bin at 22, 24%. Right. Um, so obviously extends harvest, but as re- as that relates, tying it back to equipment guys are just in the dumps what do you what do you see from farmers morale when it's a tougher year whether it's weather depending and they're still growing big crop or a small crop how much do you think their morale takes a toll on on how much inventory moves Oh, I think there's a fair amount of that. It's like, were you still moving a lot of equipment during the big rain spells of the spring? I know auctions were like, dead. yeah. I mean, I think we had we had opportunities to sell stuff, and and we did. We, I mean, just we're having a good year. I mean, there's no there's no lack of uh, of us moving equipment. I mean, we're, we've done we've done a great job of of being creative with with financing your leases or whatever it might be. But um, oh, absolutely. I mean, you have a big hailstorm come through yeah. an area and. <clears throat> it, wipe out some guys corn crop or whatever it is yeah of course that that has a that has a big effect on on what they do and what they don't do um we've had we had just we, our, our our year's not different than anybody else's we had stuff getting planted late um i took my kids to school on the last day of school in 
three and a half inches of snow, and it was, it was coming <laughs> oh down. I mean, that was whatever that was, May twenty fifth or whatever that was when when I was doing that, and I it was very. I mean, they were close to having a snow day on the last day of school. So, I mean, so we had no, you know, when our spring weather wasn't nearly what it was as cooperative as it could have been. We had, you know, we had three pretty devastating hailstorms come through uh, through our our area um, and and wreck a lot of a lot of stuff. And you know, this year we've had um, we've had some very cold temperatures and some snow that that really slowed the dry down process yeah. that we have we don't we don't dry corn out here we you know we let it stay in the field till it gets to a certain percentage and we, then we when we go out and whack it so um yeah i mean there's there's no one really excited about it you know and i hear the term 2019 is the year that won't go away and we sure hope it goes away fast you know yeah um so but we'll just have to see what happens i mean i, I think there's opportunities um to, to go out and make things happen and, and do what you what you want to do and um, I don't feel like the actual commodity prices itself has as I think they're kind of numb to that now it's, it's it's the other things now that they're looking at is you know we got we got low bushels and low price and it's just been a 2019 just been a pain in the ass and I, I just feel like there's going to be um, some opportunity in the, the year and I think there's going to be some money out there they guys are going to spin and i i um looking forward to see what 2020 did i just think by just turning the calendar over to 2020 yeah. most guys will be will be just happier in general yeah it's it's interesting you bring that up because or that you had a decent spring mm-hmm. uh because through our analytics on tractorzoom.com our site traffic took a toll mm-hmm. uh worse than it typically does in a spring you know we're two years old so <laughs> we don't have a lot of back <laughs> backtracking right. to do but yeah. uh compared to the years prior we had we had a decent drop in site traffic and talking with auctioneers they're you know they're a little nervous on how how equipment is going to sell and uh in in august i had actually called um dan sullivan and said hey what are you what are you seeing out there as soon as the mfp payments came out mm-hmm. and he's like it was a light switch you know as soon as as soon as it was announced what was it may yeah, june like that. Yeah. he said and i think they that they were considering doing another mm-hmm. trump payment that it, it took effect back then yeah. and people knew they were going to have some money in the bank to be able to spend or upgrade yeah. some equipment. Uh, but it still wasn't guaranteed that it was going to come out and say, Hey, there's going to be an MFP payment this year until August. Right. Uh, so, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of, uh, different things happening out there other than just commodity prices mm-hmm. affecting the equipment yeah. and, and affecting inventory. All right. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, Somebody said it up here today, you know, at this, at this conference we're at, that we've had, he's talked more about China and India than he has ever in his whole entire life in, in the last 18 months. And I'd be the same way. I mean, I've always kept my eye on, on what's going on in the world just because it's, the, it's such a world market. But most of my, my, my attention was obviously like Brazil and Argentina, you know, what's going on down there, what's their crop look like. And then I would take a look at the Black Sea regions of, uh, of uh, of the world, and so for wheat harvest, right? See what the wheat looks like over there, and then Australia as well. Um, never really talked about China much because they were they had to come by. I mean, they've got a billion people to feed, and you know they're going to buy the largest pork producer in the, on the planet. And when that AS, ASF started uh, kind of creeping its way through there, and, and the stories started coming out, like, oh look, there's going to be some opportunities, and then all of a sudden that just takes yeah. off, and they're saying. Depending on on what you believe or what you don't believe, there could be up to half of the of the herd that 
is dead. You know, it doesn't even exist anymore. And just to put that in perspective, there's not enough hogs on the planet to refill that outside of China. I mean, so it just tells you the number of of, of the available you see dogs hog. are back on the market. Yeah, I saw that. I read an article <laughs> about that. So, and there's a lot of political unrest over there right now. And that's that's the other thing too is that you you're, you're reached a generation now that is used to having a certain lifestyle and a certain um, amount of protein in their diet and you take that away and all of a sudden you know it's just one more thing to the fire they see happen so um, you know China is one of those spots where you have to pay attention to what they're doing and we have to figure out how to how to work with them on on all fronts not just the trade front but especially on the trade front but on we have to be able to do it on an equal playing field right I mean companies like Yahweh or uh, the bulk of their technology they have has been stolen. You know what I mean? Like they, the majority of that is. I mean, so uh, there's things like that 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 we have to take a look at and <clears throat> have to understand, and and they have to be a trade partner of ours, but we also have to work with them to where we're all getting a fair shake. So, yeah, that is true. So, all right, man. Well, if people want to find Tractor Zoom, how do they find it? So you can go look at all the farm equipment coming up for auction at www.tractorzoom.com. Or if you're interested in finding equipment values based on auction market data, go to www.ironcomps.com. Right on. And if folks want to reach out to you directly, Kyle McMahon, what's the best way? you on social media or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty heavy on LinkedIn. Connect with me there. Mm-hmm. Um, feel free to shoot me an email. My email is kmcmahon at tractorzoom.com. Pretty simple. Right on. Pretty pretty transparent group, and uh, it, it, it's fun to grow a little business into something that that uh, people value. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, well, you can find the uh, Moving Iron podcast on just about every platform that uh, has a has a podcast out there on it. Also, check out uh, the Global Ag Network. You can find it there uh, when you're on their website. Go down to the bottom of the page there and, and subscribe to that newsletter. That'll give you all the the fun information about what's going on with all the other hosts of the uh, of. Uh, the Global Ag Network, like uh, like Brent Carlson, for example, who we probably need to schedule a Wednesday show since it's Wednesday. Um, but get out there and do that. So um, you can find uh, Moving Iron Podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. And, uh, you know, shoot me shoot me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at Moving Iron Podcast com, and I will be sure to get back to you. So until next time, this is Casey Seymour and Kyle McMahon. Out. In the 21st century Hard-working people Working hard for you and me Moving higher Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving higher